tuned in to All Things Music, presented by Liquid Sound Records. Here are your hosts, Ryan Katz and Ian Illyrian. What is going on? Welcome to the All Things Music Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Katz. Ian Illyrian was with us for both of these interviews. We have another dual episode, mainly because, honestly... Our first interview with Joshua Moore from We Came as Romans, We Car, however you want to say the name, uh, was kind of short, like 15 minutes, which is fine. Like, people don't really understand sometimes when we're doing these interviews that, like, it's right before an artist goes on stage or does, you know, their set. So uh, our time sometimes is limited. And then sometimes, like with our second interview with Alicia Taylor of Cherry Bombs, uh, is in the middle of the day, way before sound check and all these things so it just depends on the availability of the artist it depends on the logistics of the shows we take what we can get and then we format our episodes based on what we can get because i'm being honest like 15 minutes yeah i'll I'll do those interviews i love doing them i had so much more to talk about with joshua from uh we car but uh you know like i said i'll take what we can get and then we had a really great conversation with alicia uh taylor from cherry bombs and that was more i think around an hour or so. So, uh, either way, both interviews are great. We're going to combine them into one episode again, just like we did with the last episode with Tyler from Afterlife and Andy from Monuments. So, that's what to expect here. Uh, we're going to go Joshua first and then Alicia second. But uh, yeah, if you like good conversation about music, about aliens, about chocolate, <laughs> about a lot of different things, uh, you know, uh, cheerleading, what else? I mean, there's a lot that we talked about, especially with Alicia. But uh, yeah, you'll enjoy both these conversations immensely. Uh, so enjoy. What is going on, guys? We are here with Joshua from We Came as Romans, otherwise known as We Car, however you want to say him. How's it going, man? It is going well. How uh, how many dates are you in on this leg? Not many. I didn't think this so. Is, uh, this is date three of this, but right before this tour, we were out for about seven weeks with August Burns Red. Okay. We went home for like three days maybe well, you weren't originally on this leg there was something Correct. else that got canceled and i don't remember indeed what it was, was. A, uh, we are gonna oh shit support to yes. architects. architects we had tickets to that it was architects the original lineup was architects loathe and polyphia and then that didn't happen because yep. of covid and then it was us and yep. like moths was gonna open and i was like god that fucking package and yeah, didn't get that either and uh yeah it didn't end up happening so we had to pivot we were uh, kind of scrambling for a minute, and uh, we reached out to a bunch of people, and luckily, uh, Emotionless Ice Nine and Blackfell were like, yeah, come come do our tour. Yeah. And we're like, thank you so much, because we got a record coming out next month, our first record in yep. five October years. October 14th. Indeed. Yep. And uh, yeah, so it's like, we, we kind of like need to be on the road right now, mm-hmm. um, and just being out in front of as many fans as possible. And hopefully making new fans and mm-hmm. all that, all that stuff. That's because uh, this isn't important. the first time that you had to pivot, correct? <laughs> this is not the first yeah. time this year. Yeah, that we had somebody on Twitter made a joke like, "Stop fucking over." We came as Romans. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Person. But it's not the bands. Let's be clear. It's it's people get mad at these bands. They're like, well, you, "How'd you do this to these other bands?" And yeah, there's uh, been. Artists that have fucked over bands before, no shade, Louis Vert, but uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, 
it's the music industry yeah. stuff is always changing, evolving, uh, opportunities arise, that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's out here and we're all, you know, for the most part, like, especially on this short, like we're all friends. Everyone wants to see everyone succeed. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to do the absolute best thing for your band because at the end of the day, it's still a business. Right. I, got a, I got a mortgage, a wife, pets at home. I got, yep. I got bills just like everyone else, you know. And so, you know, sometimes you got to pivot based on that. Sometimes it's stuff out of your control, you know, with architects. Um, they weren't, they just weren't able to get over here. Which it's is a visa issue, yeah. You know, touring overseas yeah. can be really uh, difficult and challenging. And we don't really know what that's like post-COVID. Mm-hmm. But even before COVID, it, it could be really challenging. Right. If, if everything didn't fall in line perfectly. Well, so and this package fits you guys really well, too. It seems like all these bands are on here are kind of from the same era or at least the same yeah. group of fans. So. Well, what's great for us, too, is that we were announced so late on this bill that the majority of people that bought the tickets didn't even expect to see us here. And maybe they have no idea who our band is. And so it's like before a new record comes out, like you want to be playing to a majority of new fans, potential fans. You don't really want to be playing to to your own crowd like that's for a few months later when you can do an album headliner and you know give back to everyone that supported you yeah but before it comes out you really want to be playing to people that haven't heard your band or maybe they heard your band and they didn't really like what was going on but they'll like the new stuff exactly you know there's a lot of potential opportunity there so i'm really grateful that we got the opportunity to do this tour and that's what i liked Uh, we had press for so what music festival in dallas so i was there for that and that's what i really liked about that festival was the fact that you you were putting together fan bases that were completely different from each other and exposing your music to i mean i would i would venture to say a good portion of the crowd each night was learning about different bands that they were seeing every night so yeah i mean that that's always a plan when you know you put put together a festival like that where the genres are so wide and diverse and then uh you know logistically you you got to make it to where uh fans that want to see bands of different genres are able to get to those stages very easily mm-hmm. um otherwise it's like well looks like i'm stuck at the pop punk stage all day right or you know the metalcore stage the hip-hop stage whatever stage it is um but yeah like it's it's always i don't know it's always interesting to see like uh to see festival lineups come out and where they put bands on what stages and then kind of like what the grounds look like because you know even when we play we're about to play blue ridge i think tomorrow oh geez but um you know uh sometimes it's like oh man like i really wanted to see your band but you know i was a 15 minute walk away seeing this other band that played before you and i wasn't going to miss out on their set to maybe see some of your yeah, set. Yeah, right. And then it's well, I hope no one would say that to you, though. That's kind of like... <laughs> I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, well, it's, that's the thing is I'm never, like, mad about it. And at the same time, usually it's like, oh, man, I really wanted to see your set, but I missed it because of this, that, and the other sure. thing. But I went and stopped, and I got a T-shirt anyways. I love your band. It's, like, cool. Like, yeah. Thanks for at least doing that, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about the new singles. I've uh, been pretty much been on following them since uh, Dark Bloom, the yeah. first... Uh, iteration of that song came out yep. and uh, I was like because like you said you guys it's your first record in five years but for me I took a pretty extensive break from the scene for a while so like yeah. I followed you guys in the 
early 2010s and then kind of just took a break. So it was like a reintroduction, if you will. And I was like, oh, damn, this is okay. And, and then you had Black Hole and you had the one with Brand Sacrifice. I'll get to all that. But yeah. how do you go about picking singles without essentially watering down the rest of the album where it's like, okay, here's all of our good songs, and then here's the album, and they're like yeah. not as exciting, well, if you will. Ideally, you write an album that's just full of singles. Sure. You know, <laughs> that doesn't always happen. But, um, you know, for this record, uh, when we were in the studio making it, um, at this point, years ago, but uh, we had over 30 songs, like, done, like, demoed out, full vocals, everything. So um, literally to trim that down to 10 is just picking the absolute best of the best. Every song has potential to be a single. And then when it comes to actually, like, selecting the singles... Um, you know, there's kind of a, you kind of have to pay attention to, well, in my opinion, how we do it. Uh, other bands can do whatever they like mm-hmm. and be just as correct. But for our band, um, it's like, what emotions do this song elicit? Uh, how does it feel musically between heavy or melodic or, quote, light, as uh, some sure. some people describe music, which I, <laughs> I don't. Not really anything uh, light in this style yeah. of music. <laughs> but so it's like, you don't want to release like three just like ass beater songs in a row. And then it's like, oh, we used up all our heavy tokens and now we got none left. Plus that sets the tone for the album. If you release a bunch of heavy stuff in a row, then like people are going to expect an album that's just heavy yeah. front to back and that's not going to happen. Yeah. So for us, um, you know, we did Dark Bloom, which I think is just like, th- that's just like a core staple of my band. That mm-hmm. song sounds exactly like everything you would hope We Came As Roman sounds like. And then we did Black Hole, which is a little more structured, a little more verse chorus. Got a feature, which is nice. Yep. And then we went into Daggers, which has uh, Zero doing a big verse, Mm -hmm. a big uh, rap verse on it, which is brand new to our band, so there's something new. And then we released Plagued, which is a song that's in drop F on seven strings. Love it. It's really heavy, (laughs) but still has some verse chorus element to it. Um, And then last night at midnight, we just released Golden, which is... Similar to Plague, like tuning-wise, heavy-wise, a little structure-wise, but it's just a little more melodic. It feels it like is. a different style of writing, I guess, vocal-wise. Got to shout out uh, Jessica from your label, Sharp Tone. She hit me up last night. I have a reaction channel, and she mm. sent me an email. If I would react to it, and I did. And Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, like you said, that what you did with all these singles is you show a different side of We Came As Romans that... Uh, I think people it gets you excited for the album because it's so diverse yeah. and, and so uh, multi-dimensional. Like you say, it's not all heavy, it's not all uh, melodic. It's gives you everything. So when I go ahead and, and listen to the album front to back now, there's going to be a lot of mystery to it. Yeah, and like so, at least in my opinion, you know, when we're releasing signal, singles, uh, you know, there's there's a spectrum of our band between our heaviest moments and our most melodic or softer moments. And it's like, we need to be putting out songs that hit on all ends of that spectrum of what our band is and potentially expanding that instead of just repeatedly putting out songs that are just the same point on that. That's just your standard metalcore song, big breakdown, cool, great time. So who hit up who did brand of sacrifice hit up? We came as Romans or? No, okay. We, so we talking, going back to the, uh, the pivot discussion, mm-hmm. um, you know, this spring there was a co-headliner we were supposed to do that got canceled. And it's like, 
Well, what are we going to do? Um, we we got to put out some type of content now. And it's like, okay, well, we don't, we have a bunch of new songs, so obviously we're not going to go write a brand new one. It's like, okay, well, what if we want to re-release one of those in a cool way, do, you know, an acoustic version. Maybe we hit up a DJ to do that. And uh, our drummer David was like, what if we did like a deathcore version? <laughs> and we were like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> we can do that. And um, our manager does stuff with Brandon Sacrifice and was like, oh, I got a great candidate. And we were like, cool. We were all familiar already. So we were just like, hey, you guys want to do this? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so we, we did. And when you heard the final version or was whatever, very, was it just like, wow. I actually can't play. I'm, I'm only... I'm only allowed to play the final version when I'm like alone. I played it for my <laughs> wife and she was scared. She was like, I don't want to hear this again. This is somewhat terrifying. That's awesome. And I was like, yeah, that's the point. That, that's yeah, that, exactly the point. Yeah. Mission succeeded. Exactly. And so you also worked with at least, I don't know if it's every music video you've, you've done on this uh, single cycle, but, and I can't remember the guy's name. He's from Ukraine. Ah, Jensen. We yes. Black Hole. Yes. Yeah, How was, was awesome. that? Was really cool to do. I know yeah, I looked that, up his that bit. That shit was insane, yeah. and he does insane work. And um, he was able to collab with our bass player, Andy, who writes almost all our music video treatments, does all our art direction, graphic design, all of that. Um, so they were able to work together and uh, just figure out the coolest possible video for us on a song that is like, you know, potentially going to be one of our, our biggest songs. Sure. And at least that's what we thought before releasing it. <laughs> and then we released it and we were like, oh, we were right. Cool. This is <laughs> definitely one it's of It's always good when songs. it's like com confirms, you know, those yeah. notions. Yep. And so we did the video for Black Hole over, I think it was two days, two and a half days, maybe. Doesn't seem like that long so for that kind of production. Long ago. Well, it was awesome because uh, most of it was just Dave and the rest of us were just hanging at the wow. Airbnb. Like Dave and Andy showed up and Dave filmed a ton of stuff for that video. And then all of the full band shots and stuff we were able to do just in like one, one day. I think it was like an eight hour day that we did the rest of the band. But like I, the first day, I want to say Dave and Andy were there for like 12 hours or something mm -hmm. ridiculous. And, uh, so that was cool. Yeah, I'm you get just, to sit back and I'm just relax. I'm a guitar player, so I don't have to do any of that. That's right. Any of exactly. that front man stuff. And, and when you do some of like, so like today with gold, the golden video or with the dark bloom video, it's very CGI kind of, yeah, you know. Yeah, so we did dark bloom and golden uh, with our friend Ori in okay. L.A. Um, on the same trip, actually, we did. We were there for a week, and the first three days we did dark bloom and golden, and then we had a day off, and the next, I want to say it was three days, we did Black Hole with Jensen. Is it weird doing, like, the whole green screen kind of thing? Kind of, but not really, because it's like, yeah, it's, uh, let's see. It's like the <laughs> same mentality of, um, back in the day, we used to have uh, kind of like a band talk before we went on stage. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter how many kids were at the show, whether it was you know 200 or whether it was a thousand um because back then there were definitely some shows that did not go well for us um you know but we were still up and coming and we still had to like earn those fans and we used to it wasn't really a, a saying exactly but it was like all it takes is one kid with a phone in the audience to put that shit on youtube and someone sees it and they're like 
yeah, this band's boring and they're terrible. And it's like, they're not going to say, oh, well, there wasn't a lot of fans there. Or the energy wasn't there. They're going to see us playing and be like, they're boring and I'm not going to see them now. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, you know, you want to play your heart out because you want everyone that, that is there to really enjoy it. But also, like, if if you're not going to have a good time when there's no one there, then, then maybe you don't deserve to have a good time when it's sold out. Yeah, and I think that's it's something I always notice, especially if I'm seeing bands back-to-back or within a, a week span or whatever it is. Yeah. When you see bands that are kind of mailing it in, uh, because, yeah, it's easy to do that. You're on tour every day or every other day, sometimes 30, 30 shows in 32 days or whatever it is. It's like... I'm a guitarist, I could, and I'd have to build up my endurance to be able to do what some of these guys do every single day. And it's appreciated, I think, by a lot of people uh, that you guys go out of your way to make make that yeah. much energy on stage instead of just... Because I've seen it. You've seen, everybody's seen bands that's like, this just seems like it's his cubicle day job, but he's on stage instead of... And that's not to say, I mean, maybe whoever that musician is, I've definitely been in that point mm-hmm. where I'm just not in an emotional place to go nuts on stage to play a, a great show. I'm, I don't have the bandwidth at that point, may, whatever I'm, I'm going through behind no pun. the scenes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and that's definitely a thing as well. Um, and luckily, a lot more people are talking about mental health behind the scenes. And so I just want to be clear, I'm not, like, trying to, like, talk shit on any performer sure. that's, like, not going hard on stage. Like, there could very well be a reason that we don't know about that's, you know, serious and they're taking care of some stuff in their own lives and that's completely acceptable. But overall, when you're in a good place, when you're in a healthy mental place, like you kinda I don't know, in my opinion, I, I think that it is best to maintain that that good mental place by mm-hmm. just giving it your all. Yeah, so I think most people would agree. Of, and it's cathartic too. If you're in a bad spot, yeah. what gets you in a better mood than So kind, you know. going back to the green screen, it's kind of that idea. Like you're playing to a dude behind a camera with nothing going on but in your mind you're like well when this video gets put inevitably on the internet i want who's ever watching it to be like that's cool yeah like that's like a performance i'd like to see it doesn't look like they're playing in a small room with a guy behind a camera it would be a weird dynamic if there was all the sci-fi shit going on in the background and then the guitarist was just standing there instead of like being epic as you know so that's really cool uh the shows you have on this tour are they all this kind of venue these outdoor amphitheaters or yes and that's that's really neat because you don't most most tours especially these days because of the yeah, pandemic are, and everything you don't definitely the biggest venues that that my band has ever played mm-hmm. um on on a tour um you know obviously we've done warp tour a bunch and right. that's a giant parking lot somewhere <laughs> but on an actual tour with just a couple bands these are the biggest venues that we've ever played so we're stoked to be able to uh to support these bands and um you know it's funny because we've been touring for like 15 years now and i you know i associate each city with the venue that we've played there forever you know yeah. like in worcester we always play at the palladium <laughs> and here uh, i think it's the agora yep. is this still year. there and so it's like you know and it's all these cities have these venues that i'm just like oh of course we're gonna go there like that's yeah. where we're gonna go and uh so on this tour i like look at the list of venues and i'm like i don't know any of these <laughs> venues and that's really cool it's awesome this is like something new for me 15 years later yep that's awesome well is there anything you want to plug before we wrap it up uh we got a bunch of new singles they're all on spotify uh we just put one out um 
I don't know, like 16 hours ago. Yep. <laughs> so uh, you can check that one out if you want. It's called Golden. Um, I had a great time making it. And fun little trivia, Andy and I flew to Tennessee, Pennsylvania, somewhere. <laughs> and we met up with uh, Keith, who plays guitar in Breaking Benjamin. And we wrote all the vocals to that song with Keith in his basement. In oh, his wow. little home studio. Uh, we got hit up and they're like, hey, do you want to write a song with Keith? And I was like, yeah, let's try it. Never met the guy before. Spent like three days at his house hanging out. And now he's like a good friend of Andy's and I. And uh, he's just an awesome dude. And he really helped uh, help kind of bring that, that song to melodic life. That's so dope. Fun trivia. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Have a thanks good show. For, uh, thanks for talking with me. Absolutely. All right, that was Joshua Moore from uh, We Came as Romans. Now we have Alicia Taylor from Cherry Bombs, and I want to make a disclaimer here because I know some people probably are listening like, okay, people that don't know, she is the wife of Corey Taylor, vocalist of Slipknot, but uh, I want to say that we didn't really talk about that because this is about her. It's not about him. Obviously, he's awesome, and whatever, we all know how much I love Slipknot, but uh, if you are tuning in just to hear us talk about her husband, then I'm sorry, you will be disappointed. We're talking about her. We're talking about cherry bombs cause she's extremely interesting. And, uh, so are the cherry bombs. Honestly, if you want some uh, good stories and, uh, just some awesome conversation, then keep listening. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Cause I know some people might be coming on here with maybe a preconceived notion that does, isn't there to no fault of your own, of course. Um, but yeah. Here is Alicia Taylor, the founder, owner, director, what have you, of Cherry Bombs. What is up? We are here with Alicia Taylor from the Cherry... Is it the Cherry Bombs? Just Cherry Bombs? You know, technically it's just Cherry Bombs, but I go with the... The Cherry Bombs, yeah. Cherry Bombs. Well, what, what does it say on, on, you know, on your backdrops and things? Cherry Bombs. Yeah, so yeah. it's Cherry Bombs, not yeah. the, you know. Um, so, first things first, this is cool how this came to be. Uh... You know, I'm active on Twitter, and as you are, and uh, I was talking to, I think it was Charlie Bezer one day about cars, if, if I remember correctly, and we were just like, she was looking for a new car, we're car people, Ian and I, and so I was trying to give her some advice, and you came in the conversation, and I was like, oh, because I followed you before, but I was like, oh, uh, cool, I didn't, you know, we were having a yeah. three-way conversation, and then you followed me, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to... DM and see if she yeah. wants to come on the show. It was very cool. Yeah, it's kind of almost like what social media sh- was intended for. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. It's, it's Bringing true. people together. Yeah, and not just Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> I feel like a lot of like bands, artists, people that are of fame, if you will, are much more transparent than they used to be because of that. But also, like, I would say five to ten years ago, it was kind of frowned upon to be vulnerable on social media if you yes. were bigger. And yes. now it's like, it's good for the brand. Yeah, you know, that's a really good debate, actually, um, because I've heard both sides of the argument. One is, yes, it, it provides a more humanistic uh, element to artists and what they do and who they are as people. And then on the other side of the coin, it's kind of like, well, does it take away the mystery? Does it take away the magic? 
um, of, of personas, if you will. Right. So I don't know. I kind of go either way with it. Personally. I think it depends on the brand too, yeah. because like if you're sleep token, you're probably right. not, you know, yeah, uh, you're not talking to everybody on social media. Today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be- because that's the essence of what they do and, and how mysterious they are. Correct. But if you're cherry bombs or yeah. other, other groups, I mean, I think a lot of your allures is how attractive you are to to the audience in regards to relatable right. and energetic and, yeah. and just like, lack of a better term, party, you know? And, yeah. and, and you don't want to be shy on the socials and not match it the personality of, of the show when you're have that kind of thing. going Yeah, on. exactly. That's, that's, you hit the nail on the head really. When I, you know, started this brand, I really wanted it to be, I didn't want it to be like one of those brands that was kind of female based where the performer seemed unattainable or, you know, unrealistic or, um, you know, had unrealistic expectations. I really wanted them to be, you know, personalities that you could hang out with that, you know, yes, they're all gorgeous and they're all amazing at what they do. That's fine. But you can also be that and you can be normal Mm -hmm. and you can be, you know, people that you want to go grab a beer with or whatever. And that's kind of how I do business with, with everybody that I'm around. And I kind of wanted that to trickle down through the whole brand as a whole. So, you know, when people meet us in meet and greets and, you know, through our, our girl gang episodes too, they really see that my group of performers are really just regular ass, you know, people. Right. You know, and, and we'll we'll get we'll get to your cheerleading background in a second. Okay. But, but yeah. something I wanted to say first is one, I assume you for lack of a better term, have the final say in who's a part of Cherry Bombs. Yeah. Do you feel sometimes like you're uh, like on the DCC reality show when you're oh, yeah. auditioning these Absolutely. girls? Absolutely. All the time because I really do put them through the ringer. Um not only do they have to be great performers and good at what they do and have great stage presence and, and also fit, you know, there's an aesthetic to it. Let's be real. Yeah. But they also have to jive with everybody. You know, we live on a bus together for two months. You know, we also have a very special kind of relationship with one another and our personalities. And that has to met, meld really well with everybody else in the group. And if it doesn't, it's not going to work out. Or if I kind of feel like there's a weird intention behind somebody wanting to join this group, not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it does feel, kind of feel like the rock and roll DCC for sure. And maybe you'll have a reality show someday. That would, you know, hey, that would get there views. have been some talks. All right. There have been be some cool. talks. Um, I, w- I got to ask you because you mentioned girl a bunch of girls on a bus for two months yeah. when you you know we've been on tour buses and and when it's a bunch of guys it's usually really dirty and for the most part there are yeah you know sure. nuance yes. to that but girls stereotypically are neater yep. cleaner oh yeah does that translate to the bus or oh, yeah yeah oh um my crew members who are uh, happen to be uh, male love our bus because we have like oil diffusers on our bus. Oh it smells like lavender on our bus. Um, we decorated it for Halloween. We put, you know, pumpkin pillows everywhere, oh, little fake spiders. Oh yeah. We made this house a home and, um, there's like cute coffee every morning and all the girls are neat and they put their things away and then they clean up periodically if the things seem to be left out. Yeah. It is a much different vibe than your typical band bus for sure. Okay, so then it smells uh, a lot better. <laughs> uh, let, let's that's awesome. Let's talk about maybe 
And I don't know, maybe there's nothing, but is there some, uh, on the flip side of that, that having a bunch of girls might not be as... Ideal? Ideal as maybe a, a traditional band, if you will. You know what's so funny? Um, I get this question a lot, mm-hmm. because stereotypically, yeah. females, right? You get it off. You know, I have no drama on my crew. That's awesome. None. But that's probably because you're filtering that out when you're doing I do. these auditions. Yeah, I nip things. it really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the common denominator amongst all of that to make that happen and make it so successful is respect. Mm -hmm. I respect them as who they are and and as my employees and and as performers and artists and they respect me as their leader and they know that we don't, we work so hard, man. Like we don't have time for petty stuff. We don't have time for arguments. We don't have time for like, you know, who ate my last hot pocket out of the freezer? We just don't have time for that. That would make for a good reality show. It would make for a great, I mean, yeah, people, you know, throwing drinks and stuff. We are so not that. And you'll see that too also in in the Girl Gang episodes. They're all, and that sounds so cheesy and dumb and almost kind of fake when I say that, but it's really true. All everybody is chill. Everybody gets along. Some people need their alone time on tour. They go off and do their little alone time. That's it. Um, so yeah, the only downside and TMI, I'm sorry, but you know, we all sync up. Yep. So there's like one, (laughs) (laughs) one week out of the month where there's, you know, some crying. There's a lot of chocolate. Uh, you know, there's a, um, a lot of Midol being passed around. Are your male crew members like, uh, maybe I don't go get the the chocolate. We've had male crew members walk into the green room and just put a whole bag of assorted candies on our green room. What's and your say, favorite chocolate? Or anything chocolate with item. caramel in it. Really? I'm the opposite. I don't like any caramel. You don't caramel. like caramel? So Is when I used to go trick... or caramel? I say caramel. Okay. I mean, it's a regional okay, thing. Okay. Yeah, maybe okay. not. Um, when I used to go trick-or-treating as a kid, I would bring home all the candy and I hated, you know, I don't like Milky Ways. I don't like uh, Twix. Uh. I don't like... Uh, what else is I don't know but my yeah, mom would just eat all of them and whatever so I'm strictly dark chocolate okay yeah no, dark chocolate I don't great. know why I can't eat milk chocolate anymore it doesn't taste good anymore yeah I feel like it's dark chocolate is an acquired taste and then once you've gone to that side you yes. can't really go back right because it feels like it's like wine it's like yeah or it's like having a uh, it's like wine it's like yeah that's, that's a good example because like you have dry wine right well I don't know how, how you are but yeah, yeah yeah if you have dry wine you can get all of the all of what the wine is meant to be, sure. right? So yeah, sweet wine turns flavors. into juice. And yes. you're like... And then you can't go back yeah. to... Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how I feel too. Yeah. You don't like to drink your wine like juice? I put mine on ice and everything. Really? Oh, yeah. Like a sweet wine? Yeah. And I drink it on ice. That's disgusting. Every night. <laughs> I guess milk chocolate would be the equivalent to like when we were first starting out as kids, like partying and stuff. It was like the Zima, you know? Oh, my God. Remember those? Like the Zima... The, the only thing worse than lemonade. the Zima was the commercials for the Zima. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I remember yes. those. So wild. Bad. Yeah. <clears throat> so when you, and we'll touch on this again, uh, because you came from a cheerleading background, especially in NFL, were you able to take, because you were, you said four years, right? Is that correct? I did three years. Three years. Yeah. Okay. Were you able to take all of the things you didn't want to see from your group and like be like, okay, I learned all those lessons and now I can apply them to cherry bombs and not have to deal with the drama or whatever else? Yeah. Actually, um, I took both the good and the bad. Okay. Um, so on the NFL team that I was on. Falcons. Falcons. We also did not have drama. 
So really? I, I, yeah, okay. the, the way they run that camp is so, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go. They're all super professional. I guess I just have, my wife has been in cheerleading for 13 years, so I have to watch the DCC with her. Gotcha. And I just have this preconceived notion because, I mean, it's made for TV. So you yeah, have yeah. the drama and you have, sure. the, you know, all the things. And, and then the, the one girl... It gets caught sleeping with one of the football players. Okay. And that gets... Yeah. So that kind of drama does happen. Okay. Yes. No, that is real. That is very real. That is a thing. But I mean, like drama within the camp. I got like you. Internal conflict stuff, cat fights, that sort of thing. That never happened on the NFL team. Now, drama with like other things or maybe poor decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as a reflection of of a morality clause or fraternization, if you will, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. That did, yes, that is I'm sure you have plenty of stories, which we won't ask, but I'm sure you have yeah, plenty. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, You know, and, and not just my team. It happens on all the teams. Like, yeah. there are oh, absolutely for sure. things, but they are very quick as well, and that's where I learned this. Very quick, as soon as something happens, you nip it, you get rid of it. You're done. Because if you let it go. If you let it go mm-hmm. or you let it fester, and then you're telling the rest of the team that that's okay. Right. So, um, so I learned that from them. And then another thing that I really went into Cherry Bombs with from there is that, you know, the Falcons... I used to always joke that they owned my soul. They owned everything I did. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to go to the beach. Like, if we all went to the beach together and hung out and played volleyball and I was in a bikini and we took pictures, I wasn't allowed to have any of those pictures on social media because wild. they owned my image in a bikini. Right. Wild to me, right? Yeah. Like, I think to any sane person, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I just and, and that was just one example. So it was all very... Um, they just really have a hold on everything that you do and everything that you are. I'm not very good with control like that. Like I kind of rebel. Sure. And so I was kind of the black sheep on the team. I didn't get into trouble or anything, but at the end of it, I had had enough. And I was like, you know what? Y'all don't pay me enough. No. And that's the other thing I was going to mention. <laughs> I, I graduated college with a girl who ended up being a Cincinnati Bengals cheerleader. Okay. Yeah. And she ended up quitting in a very, uh, large way. She, 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 aired all the demons on social media about her experiences yep. and she might've gotten in trouble for that. I don't know, but what, whatever <sighs> it enlightened hey. the rest of us to like, like even, even like, cause you consider, I mean, I don't know, this is uneducated, but you consider the DCC to kind of be the pinnacle of that world. Sure. And even they don't get paid. They get barely paid $50 anything. a game. Think about that guys. Yeah. This, and yes, there are a lot of people that would ignorantly say, "Oh, what are they doing? They're just dancing on on the field sure. or whatever." Yeah. But you know, you're putting in a lot of work to do what you do, and a lot of time. I think people don't understand how much time goes into it. Yeah. And you're getting paid fifty dollars a game. Yeah. Now, it seems illegal. You're an independent contractor, right? So there's that. Um, and you know, there are paid appearances where you do make exceptionally more money on those now for me on the atlanta falcons those weren't super common Mm -hmm. they were every once in a while and uh we had to kind of get picked for those things sure so there you could make some money but again few and far between um but yeah that's the way i kind of looked at it was like you know what i'm getting for us on the falcons we got a whopping 75 dollars a game so that was a big deal And, you know, for all the rules placed upon me, I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't get to have any say in anything. I thought, you guys just don't pay me enough to own me like this. But how they get away with it is they say, well, that's cool. We're going to pick one of the other 400 girls that auditioned for this. And they would gladly do this for free. And that may be true. 
and like probably like your friend in college, you know, after a while you can handle it for so long, the excitement starts to wear down a little bit and then you start thinking, God, like, is this it? Yeah. And not, not to like, you know, disrespect the NFL and the organizations and stuff. Cause th- there are some really cool and great things that come out of that. Yeah. Absolutely. I do not regret my time there. I just had had enough at that point and I was done. And so what I did when I was done is I walked away and I created something that I wanted to be a part of. Which is cool because most people don't have that ambition or drive, especially going through something that might be, you might feel defeated after all that. The last thing somebody might want to do is say, I'm going to start from scratch again. But you had the ability and the strength to do that, which is awesome because... Like I said, if you're another example, if you're in a band or sure. an artist and you are being exploited in a similar way where you got to pay to perform and you got to yeah. sell tickets and do all these things and it it's just not you're not breaking through that yeah. ceiling. Yeah. You could say, "Okay, I'm going to quit that band and start over." But how many people do that? Most people just either settle or they're like, oh, "I guess I'm too old for music now." So, it's similar. Yeah, it feels a little daunting at first. You're mm-hmm. Like, how? Like, how are we even going to create the thing that I want to be or see or change, you know? But you just figure it out and you do it, you know? So, Is this something you thought about before you left the NFL or was this something where you took some time to figure it out afterwards? Um, it was a thought I had towards the end of my time in NFL. Okay. So probably within the last, like, six months of it, I remember saying to my my fellow cheerleaders at the time, I'm going to create this group and we're going to dance to all rock and metal and that's what I really want to do. And what they were they like, think? okay, uh, yeah. crazy, sure. Because yeah. they don't, you know, I, again, I was a black sheep. I was the one that was going to metal concerts and stuff. We did the Seven Dust video. No one else on the team knew who they were. And wow. I was the only one that was stoked. Oh, I was like, wow. yes. And um, so they were like, yeah, okay, Alicia, like, yeah, sure. And um, I was like, no, really, like, it's going to be rad. And I'd seen all these other groups Doing something similar, you know, you'd always see all these like dance groups in LA coming out of Hollywood and stuff that dance to rock and metal. Mm -hmm. And that hasn't been a new concept for a very long time. Um, But they weren't doing things as big as I had in my brain. Right. Or the execution wasn't what I thought I could pull off with what I know and the talent that I could pull. So actually the first version of Cherry Bombs was actually retired NFL cheerleaders that retired with me at the same time. How did you even start to find, like, what was the thought process to start doing the performances and finding people? Like, where did you go? Did you just know people from cheerleading? Because, like, the stuff you guys do is very unique in the way, like, with fire performances and stuff like that. Yeah. We see a lot of it at raves that had, and stuff like that. Yeah, so you see it in other... In rock like, and metal, it's not right at all. Exactly. You do see it in other genres. You see it in EDM. You see it in raves. Right. Um, but... That was kind of a thing that developed over time. At first, mm-hmm. when we started, we only did dance, and then we had, like, one fire performer mm-hmm. because she was, like, a majorette for the University of Georgia. Other than you, right? You didn't... Did you spin- I didn't do fire yet. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I had nothing. I had that. Then I brought on um, a performer who is still with me today, actually. She was in the very beginning. She was an aerialist, and she was a magician's assistant. Oh. Her name is Constance Palmer. She's incredible. And... Um, she came in and it was a rigger and did aerial arts and was like, okay, we can do this. So she would take over that portion and then she started teaching me how to do fire. Mm-hmm. And then she also do, did fire safety and was really adamant Which about all that. Which is super important yeah. for those listening. So <laughs> she kind of was the leader in that in the beginning mm-hmm. and would take us all through the fire safety process and gave us all the lectures and all yeah. that and, and kept us training and building and building. And then I fell in love with it. 
And I took the fire portion and ran with it. I just started learning everything that I could, reading everything I could, talking See, with I other fire. See, I spin fire too, and that's how I was. Exactly. And I just like YouTube videos, um, just anything I could like, um, you know, any information I could get to yeah. put towards what I was learning with, when I started very, fire. It's a very underground art, right? Like there's oh, no yeah. like You can't just like go somewhere. That, <laughs> yeah, there's no like official training center no. i mean there are some camps and things like that but yeah. not it's still a very kind of diy kind of underground world and especially for what you guys are trying to do you guys are bringing it to stages that like are bigger stages in 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 bigger venues and stuff that don't you know, like normally when you see fire at some festival outside, it's a controlled environment. Yeah. You know, it's a drum circle. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah. can't just light the, you know, the ceiling on fire something because there is no ceiling. Right. Normally when, exactly. you know, this stuff is done. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a lot of rigging, especially the aerial stuff. It's a lot of work. The aerial stuff, yeah, been a lot of rigging. And that in itself has been a, a major kind of hurdle to get over. We we work really hard in establishing a rapport with mm -hmm. fire marshals across the country. Um, you know, our reputation is is start, is pretty well known um, throughout the fire scene, I would say, but that's all good and fine. Right. But um, we, what we really want to do is cement our, our reputation, our relationship with the fire marshals and the inspectors and the venues themselves and the promoters. That is kind of the holy trifecta that we really need to bring together. So do you guys have a safety guy that tra or woman, I should say, that travels with you? Um, on on the tour, or is it just That's you work with each individual? So a prerequisite to performing with me is that all of my members have to go through fire safety training. That's non-negotiable, whether they perform right. fire or not. I don't care, right? Because let's not say if, but when something happens, because that's the reality. Yeah, everyone on my team needs to know what to do, not just two people. Right. So. Um, everyone immediately starts learning fire safety and I put them through a written exam and a practical exam. Oh, wow. So you got it all written up oh, and everything. Oh, we are very like, yeah. And you guys it's probably have, are each insured and everything, yep, I would imagine. Absolutely I mean, insured. You, you yep. <laughs> um, no, you can't mess around with that. Um, we do everything by the book. Um, I put them through a lecture and they all sit there and they take their notes, you know. And then again, we do a written exam and their practical exam where I set things on fire and I throw them and I see what they do. Have you had any close calls to this point? Uh, in regards to getting injured or hurt or setting something on fire? Yes, all of the above. Um, I had one... Well, this is going to just throw him under the bus. Nope. Because it's, it's <laughs> you don't only, say names. The, well, it's the only guy we've ever had. Oh, um, well. We had one male performer do an oopsie where he set a front wedge monitor on fire. A front wedge monitor. Yeah, front, that's expensive. Yeah, front monitor. It wasn't too bad. Okay. Um, because he didn't he didn't melt the whole thing. Okay. Well, that's good. It, the, only the foam on the inside melted, uh, so he just had to get that replaced. Were they quick to get it out? Quick oh, to, yeah. Well, so my girls got it out. Okay. Yeah. So that's and that is case in point why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. That's the only oopsies we've ever had. And uh, uh, listen, I would much rather have it be a, a piece of gear catch on fire than. A girl, yeah, sure, or, or yeah, a guy in this case. Well, so. it's, it's scary because it's electrical. Like there was, yes. it was plugged in. It was work, you know. Train so my brain was and, yeah. like, mm. and you know, my girl who saved the day, I bonused her immensely oh, wow. for that. Yeah, because that's 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 why we train. Yeah, exactly. And my girls are training fire safety every week, anyways. Like even if we don't have a gig at my house, we do it in my driveway. That's awesome. 
you know, we try it with different props, you know, and now you have multiple teams from what I, so I have a roster of 15. Okay. And on this particular tour, we have five different configurations of my team. Okay. So wait a minute. (laughs) I need that. I need explaining there. Okay. So a lot of my performers are also performers on the Las Vegas strip. Okay. We're based out of Vegas and their jobs back home won't allow them to come out for the whole length of this tour. Makes sense. So there's rotations. There's rotations. So we've got, um, you know, a group of six on this, in this performance, but two can only come out for three weeks. So for Mm -hmm. three weeks, those two are out, then they go home. Then Mm -hmm. the next two come in for the next three weeks and then they go out and then four come in and then four leave. And That's so it's kind of like that. And it's nice though. It's like, it's almost like a team where you're, you're, you've got your bench players that come in and, and yeah. relieve the people. Cause it, I, I'm sure doing this every night for whatever, a 30 day tour, whatever it's long. It's a, it's a exhausting yeah. thing every night. Cause you guys are, listen, bands. Yeah. We get up there, we play guitar, we had bang. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You guys are moving way more than any band does that I see. There is a, yeah, there's a lot more layers to it, I would say. Um, And two, you know, the girls that are home that are going to replace the girls that are out here, we call them tracks. So Mm. my track is, you know, I perform in this number, that number, I do the fire piece, I do the finale. That's my personal track. The girl who's going to come replace me has been studying my track at home. And then I've been sending her videos while I've been out here. Okay. So she can catch on all the nuances. And then she's, they're home running rehearsals while we're out here. So the next group that's on deck to come out here, they just feed right in and we don't stop. You really have a, a, a unique <laughs> and tight system. I, mean, yeah, it, it, I run a tight ship. Is, that's not a bad thing, but is it something that has taken a lot of time to get this tight or was it tight off the bat? Uh, no, it was not this tight off the bat. And, and and to bounce back to your earlier question, that's kind of what I did. I think that I kind of regret is that Falcons was so, uh, had such a tight grip on me in all my aspects of my life that I said, when I created cherry bombs, I want them to do whatever they want. They can mm-hmm. just go. I want us to be the wildest, craziest party. You know, when we walk in the door, you know, mayhem's about to start. Mm-hmm. And we were, I mean, we were wild when we first started. We were just pouring whiskey down everybody's throats, <laughs> charging people to ride a mechanical bull with oh us. Oh my God. We yeah, were on exactly. top of the bars. We were, we were reckless and it was fun. Yeah. Okay. It was messy, but it was a lot of fun. And then after a while I said, okay, if I want to get to the next level, we got to start treating this a little more serious and the girls that I was bringing on um, were a little more professional dancers in that respect. They were giggers where they just pick up gigs left and right. And this is something that they wanted to be a part of and cultivate and do. And so it really started kind of honing in over the past, uh, I would say, God, how long have I been doing this? I'm doing this nine years. So the probably the past five years is when it really started to start getting mapped out and, you know, we have to advance with venues. Now we have to like be pros, you right. know, because we're coming in here with Live Nation. We can't be amateurs out here. So if we want to keep getting hired anyway. Exactly. So, yeah. And has it been a chain reaction in regards to you get this group started? You, and I don't know what your first shows were, but at what point do you go from... Because I'm sure when you started, it wasn't like I'm touring immediately. No. It was like, we're just going to do one-offs here and there. At what point did it get, okay, we got our first tour offer, and then it just goes from there and there? Yeah, so we got our start in motorcycle rallies okay so we did every single biker rally across and that's part of what also lent itself to the mayhem <laughs> mm-hmm. you know yes it, i can imagine it's perfect for that yes and what we did at the time 
really worked. It was great. We still handled ourselves really professionally, and so that's why we kept being hired back. But it was like we worked hard and we really played hard too. So we kind of had both sides to it. Um, that's how we got our start. And then I emailed this booking agent out of the blue, cold emailed, which never you'll never 99% of the time you're never going to get you're, success when you yes, cold email somebody. Correct. So anybody who's <laughs> listening who thinks like, oh, I'm going to go email the agents. This never fucking happens. So this was like a lightning in a bottle moment. And I said, listen, dude, you don't know who I am. I don't know who you are, but you're going to love this. Check this out. And he immediately wrote me back and said, this is so weird. I've been looking for an act with the name Cherry in it. Mm. So it was literally just luck. I didn't get on that tour based on any kind of talent whatsoever. It was my name that saved us. So, um... He said, I'm putting together a, a tour with Buck Cherry, Blackstone Cherry, and I want the Cherry Bombs. It's the Cherry Tour. And I was like, oh, yeah, perfect. And that's how we got our first and national that's, And tour. honestly, the music matches really well with what you do, so it made a lot of sense. At the time, at the yeah, time, our right. song choices, yeah, we're right in line with that. Because, again, we were doing biker rallies. So yeah. Buck Cherry, yes, that yeah. fits. Blackstone Cherry, yes, that's our genre. All those bikers are going to go to that concert, and they're going to go, yeah, we know the Cherry Bombs. Mm-hmm. It was perfect fit. For exactly. So all in all, it was like just all the planets aligned. And um, when we got out there, I had never done a national tour before. I'd never done any kind of tour before. And I had no one to like guide me. So it was just us like being like, well, let's just see how this goes. Did you have a bus off the bat? No, I was going to say. Van. Oh, and I God. drove it. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Six girls, one van. Uh, (laughs) right that sounds that sounds a little creepy um and i drove the damn thing and it was it was brutal it was a six-week tour um the tour manager on that one of the headliner had no idea who we were he thought we were go-go dancers that went up during set change to house music so he's like aren't you guys just gonna go like go up there and just shake your butts on house I was like, I'm not going to follow you around the country to shake my ass on stage to house music. Yeah, no. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> and he goes, well, I don't have any time for you. And I said, what do you mean you don't have any time for me? He's like, well, I've already advanced all these shows and I don't have any time. You guys have a show. And I was like, who who put you, who told you about yeah. us? You know? So uh, it was very clear from the get-go that nobody really cared about us and didn't have any reason to, really. So we had to earn this, right? So this tour manager was like, look, okay, ladies. You guys are going to get five minutes, 10 minutes, and 12 minutes to do your show. And I'm going to tell you which one you're going to get each day because I'm going to shorten our changeover time between Blackstone Cherry and Buck Cherry. And you guys are going to squeeze in between the two because we can do our changeover really fast. Right. And that's all I'm giving you. Wow. And I was like, okay. So I start editing music so fast Mm -hmm. for a five-minute show, a 10-minute show, a 12-minute show. And I powwow all the girls. This is on the first show day. And I said, okay, guys. The agent never told us what we were getting paid. <laughs> we're just going out on a, a prayer and a wish. And we have these sets. So let's see how this works. Luckily, the first show of the tour was in Atlanta, Georgia, where we were living anyway. The venue was familiar with us because we had performed there before. So things were kind of working out in our favor. Right. And we said, if this sucks, if we hate this show, we go home. Right? First yeah. show tour. We didn't, clearly yeah, don't we have room for anything. us anyways. No we one's lost gonna, anything. Yeah. Exactly. We don't even know we're getting paid. Right. So... <laughs> so then um, we went to go on stage. We told the, the tour manager, look, we're going to do fire. And he goes, you can't do fire. 
that's like dangerous. And we're like, no, but this venue knows us. We've done it here before. Yeah. So goes to the venue and he's like, are they good? And they're like, yeah, it's Cherry Bombs. We know them. They're great. Okay, fine. So we go and we, he, we, got, we got five minutes that day. Mm. So we got to do one dance routine and a fire routine. Cool, whatever. We finish and the tour manager comes up to me after he goes, I get it. I get it. You guys are like Broadway. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, that sounds not right, but okay, that, I'll go with it. But I'll take it. Yeah. At this point, you know, Listen, when you... Broadway is better than go-go dancers. True. So. Okay, so we are a step above <laughs> yes. where we were before. And here's the thing. When you're an opening act on a national tour, you take what you can get. You mm-hmm. take your shitty little situation or whatever it is you're getting... You're no green room. You're, you have to change on the bus or the van or whatever it is. And you say, thank you. Mm-hmm. You say, thank you. I love this. Yeah. Because that's what you have to do. You have to. To you get to where to. you are now. You don't get to make demands. You don't get you to don't just. Get, no. Yeah. yeah. So, so we did the thing. And he was like, cool. And the next venue we got. So every little venue we went to on this tour where venues were familiar with something that we did, we did whether it was aerial or fire. That's good. They kind of helped back us up to the TM. And the TM slowly started to trust us more with each show and saw how professional we were. By the end of the tour, we were flying. We were fine. We did our 12, 12 minutes every night. 12 minutes every <laughs> night. Yep. And we said, thank you. Yep. And we, we packed as much as we could in that 12 minutes, man. And uh, we made it happen. And then that's what kicked it off. And see, people don't understand this, especially a lot. We have a lot of people listening that are in bands. So it's similar when you get that first one under your belt, yeah. you grind it out because you have it on your resume now. Yes. So when you can market yourself to other tours, it's yes. like, look, I did this tour. Yes. And then after you get the next one, look, I did these two tours and yes. et cetera. And it just, it's, it's all, it gets you to where you are now and it gets, gets you to where you're going to be in the next it five, is. 10 years. It's imperative to knock that one out of the park, man, because guess what? Those venues are going to talk. Those promoters are going to talk. Those agents are going to talk and they're going to want to say, yeah, we've had them here before. They were great. We want them back. Well, and the fact that you're doing, you know, as a fire performance and seeing a lot of fire performers, it's yeah. a lot of work. Like, you got to have your wicks dipped, ready to go, everything. It's not yep. like, you know, you have a band or you're a DJ and you just go play on whatever instruments they have. you got to do all this extra stuff, make sure all this stuff's out of the way. Yeah. And a 12-minute thing like that, that had to have been really intense. It was. Luckily, the fire portion was only like three minutes. It's one song. Mm. So, but to your point, you're right. Like my aerialist loads in with the headliner. So typically when bands load Mm -hmm. in, right, they go in order. Yeah. But we load in first thing in the morning with the headliner at 10 a.m. Because you have to hang all the She has to start rigging. Yeah, she needs stage space for a lift if she has to use a lift to get up there. And that way we can see where the point drops and it's not going to hit anybody's back line or anything like that. So, So we're working with the headlining crew at 10 a.m. Mm. And then my team comes in and loads in our stuff in the afternoon. And then my fire team, I have a fire team, um, they start fueling 30 minutes before we demo or tech the demo um, for the fire marshal during the day before doors. And then they fuel 30 minutes before showtime as well. We set the props. We know exactly where everything's going to go. So your props are already fueled up and like, you know, um, how you have to get the excess fuel off. Yep. They probably take them outside because you can't do off. that. You can't do that in here. Correct. Yep. We have a fueling station that we set up uh, before each show, and we designate where that is every day on show day, and that's where we do our walkthroughs with the fire marshals typically, mm. and then um, and then we have our spinoff point, and then we go and then we do the thing on stage. Or we preset everything 
uh, right before showtime and the safeties tell the performers where their props are because the safeties are in charge of fueling, uh, spinning off and setting. And then they're in charge of the extinguishing points and then where those props go after they're extinguished. Have you, you guys were talking about a reality show, but my interest is if you guys ever uh, thought about doing like YouTube tutorials, you or your... Uh, girls in your crew uh, for this type of stuff. No, because of the liability. Um, uh, so that so makes sense. We've had some young, you know, uh, ambitious fans <laughs> watch our sure. stuff. And we've had to start putting disclaimers on the beginning of all of our things because. It's like, don't try this at home. Exactly. Yeah. Because we've had some young fans just wing it. Right. And you I don't know what they're using. I don't know what they're doing. That's a very dangerous Probably thing. like gas from the gas station Probably. with Amazon or $20 I've chains. Seen, I've seen like 151 <laughs> being used. Oh my God. And, you know, and I've seen, it, I've seen people attempt to breathe fire, which as you know, is one You're of the right. most dangerous things you could do. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I don't want that on my conscience. I want to be able to sleep at night. When we give workshops in cities, mm. we don't even teach fire. Won't do it. Now, if another fire performing group who's already, they're going to do what they want to do. I get yeah. it. You're adults. If I see somebody or they reach out to me and say, hey, we really want to get into fire performing, I will absolutely train them because to me, knowledge is power and education right. is the most important thing that we can share and give. I'm not a gatekeeper in that sense. If you're already going to do it and you're clearly doing it and you want to like perform it, you I don't might want as well you ruining yeah. my job or making my job harder because yeah. you screwed up in this venue. Well, there was that guy at, what was it, Blue Ridge or something last year? He was uh, spinning fire poi and... What? I didn't know about this. The, the cops or something, they got involved and they, you know, because that's normal for like EDM events. Sure, yeah, they just break out. Or even like thing. reggae, of you know, events, stuff like that. But for rock and metal... I brought, I, I brought, what was it, last year to Louder to Life, I brought my LED poi, and people were like, I've never seen anything like that before. Yep. And, um, you know, so you'd imagine a guy spinning fire poi at Blue Ridge. At Blue Ridge, They yeah. put that out so quickly, and it was this big deal. I can't remember what exactly happened, but it was, it was stuff like, and he was completely wasted. Uh, had no business uh, spinning, and that's exactly the type of stuff, especially at the rock and metal events, yeah. that give... The fire performance is a bad name, and why yeah. they ban them? Like you can't, you can't bring any types of hoops, Nothing. any props to any rock and metal event. But the same venues that have the EDM events are like, bring them. Yeah, and it's for that reason. Yep, we uh, we've run into that before too. You know, somebody is an amateur or is dicking around and getting hammered, and just you know, we and I, I explain that to venues and stuff. Like we don't do this for fun. Like, this is our livelihood, so mm -hmm. we're going to take this really seriously. And people who do that are like, you see those fail videos all the time. Like, oh, I get yeah. tagged in those all the time. Alicia, I bet the chair bombs would never do that. <laughs> and it's like some drunk dude trying to breathe fire, and he catches his whole face on fire. I get a million of them, too. Yeah, and I'm just like, ah, you idiots. But, you know, you know, Darwin Awards. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. All right, let, the, let it Ridge, sort itself out. Blue Ridge. Blue Ridge, yeah, do it. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm gonna pivot here because I'm genuinely curious. So you're based now in in Vegas or outside of Vegas or Vegas, what have yeah. you? Aliens. Oh, you like when we were all trying to storm Area 51? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, please tell me you weren't a part of that one. I, I was not a part okay. of that. But you you know listen Vegas, especially if you live on the outside of Vegas, you see some weird stuff. You got the Air Force Base there. You got Area 51 up mm -hmm. the road. Any encounters? Anything cool? I've I've not had any encounters. Oh no. 
I've seen some, you know, not in Vegas. Actually, when I lived in Atlanta, I okay. actually have a video of it somewhere. There are these weird lights that were doing these weird movements. And maybe it was a drone. I don't know. But it was wild. And that's the only time I've ever seen anything like that that I couldn't really explain. Really? Um, do you think there's aliens? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Uh, I don't necessarily have any experiences myself, but some of this stuff between some of these, these military members that are like coming out and saying sure. we were in our jets and we saw yeah. these things. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And I've done a lot of research on area 51 cause I have more time than I know what to do with. Right. And it's like, come on. Or that one guy, Oh man, I wish I could think of his name at the moment, but I'm currently a little brain dead. Um, there was a guy who was doing an interview on his deathbed with this um, investigative reporter. Yeah. Yeah. Did what's you... his? Um, I was just unironically. I was watching the Alien, um, not Alien Worlds, the other one on Netflix. The Ancient Aliens. Yes. The new one. Yeah, well, yeah. I've been going through the whole thing okay. because my girlfriend's mom, she's like super, and she was over last night, so we were watching it. Cool. And. Uh, I know exactly who you're talking about. It's like Ben, some something Ben, yeah. something. Uh, and he finally Project Aurora. The beans. It was Project Aurora. Yes. Yes. Yep. That's the episode I was watching last night. It's crazy stuff. Wild. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think he's, and I might have a different guy, but there's a Canadian politician who was like really high up mm-hmm. in his department and his, I don't know what you would call it, but he was like, yeah. Uh, after he retired, he's like, I'm, I'm telling everybody right now shit is real yeah and it's all like really top secret but we need to be prepared like he was worried that we're not prepared oh and i think that's what happened with things recently when you see the who was the cia came out and said that Uh there's actually extraterrestrials this was like a year ago right right and it kind of got brushed under the rug but right and also we have um we have a representative in our government yes who is in charge of Alien, alien stuff. Alien stuff. Yeah. Alien communication stuff. No, it's it, not it, Tom it, DeLong. It's, it's a woman. Uh, <clears throat> and I remember seeing that as part of the, yeah. as part of our government. And I'm like going, why would, you think why would we need that if we didn't exactly. need it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, you got to keep a lookout <laughs> in Vegas. Because like I said, I think there's out there in particular. And you think there's like grays and, blue, uh, grays and greens and, you know. Grays, the grays and greens? The grays and the green. Yeah. Grays and, no, What? Dude, you need to watch that, oh, man. No, Listen. There's the grays. And, and they go yeah. in, and the one guy, I don't know, uh, the same guy, he, there, was a, there was a thing filed against the U.S. military versus him. And they, he found all these green and gray, like, seven, eight-foot um, yes. bodies in these caskets yes. in Area 51, yes. right outside your house. Yes, right <laughs> outside my house. <laughs> yeah, right in your backyard. Um Crazy! You don't know about that, right? Oh, you gotta oh, look man. into that. It's wild. No it's pretty cool. It's fascinating. You know like, who I think are aliens? Sleep token. Having met them, I agree. That's so. That was gonna ask you. I when, can see it. So, first of all, you've been on this tour for a couple weeks now. About a month. A yeah. month, and you haven't met them. I have. Are they? Yes. You have met them. Yes. Okay, so. They're a band. It doesn't happen anymore where you get bands that are this mysterious and right. this, they do it in a way that's really captivating for fans mm-hmm. and other people. Yeah. Obviously, you can't say it. First of all, I really want to know this. When you go on tour with Sleep Talk Token, do you have to sign an NDA? No. They just trust you to not give away. Yeah. But even, is, is it... You sign a blood 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we well because we, we we interviewed Rivals earlier this year sure. and Kaylee from Rivals knows somebody in Sleep Token and mm-hmm. I was like, tell me who and she's like, no, I can't no. tell you. But is it? You don't even have to answer this. This could be completely rhetorical. But is it somebody that I would recognize, or is it just just a person? I don't know. Yep. Yep. See. See. And like, I guarantee you, if we walked back here, we would have no idea. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't maybe know. Not. That's I wild. So that brings me to my next topic: is you started out doing your routines with the motorcycles, and for yeah. lack of a better term. Butt rock. Oh yeah, for okay. sure. I know some people rock. get offended when I say all that. All the butt rock. Right. But now this this tour in particular, and then I'm sure there's gonna be others that are not as butt rock. Sure. Sleep tokens very alternative yeah. metal kind yeah. of thing. In this moment does a good job of you know industrial. Yeah, industrial. Uh, uh, so yeah. yeah, is it is is Cherry Bomb's limited in regards to what style you guys want to Never. perform? Or would you ever do like a super heavy show? So, okay. So, yeah. When we first started and we were doing the biker rally thing, as much as I say like I wanted to perform music that I like and I wanted to, I absolutely did do that. But I also had to throw in songs that catered to the audience that I was performing for because mm-hmm. they have to enjoy it, right? Mm-hmm. And so the great thing about what I do is that I was able to – change our music choices based on who we were performing in front of and who we were opening for. So every time we'd perform with a different band, I would change our show. It's like a DJ. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of the beauty of it. And so I wasn't as selfish in the beginning. I was more about getting my foot in the door, doing whatever it takes to just win hearts and minds, and then we'll, we can shift later. To, and you see this a lot with artists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how it first started. So yes, there were some, and I even did a country rock set and I hate country mm-hmm. music, hate it. Oh, I'm glad that you say that. Cause yeah, said- <laughs> it was brutal. And I was like, fine. Cause it was the bikers and it was a country day and yeah, I don't yeah. know, whatever. Anyway, so we did the thing and it worked and it was fine. Anyway, moving on. Once we gained a little more success, I was able to be a little more selfish and go, you know what? I'm going to choose music that I personally really, really, really like, not just stuff I'm okay with, um, that I like better than, than the pop stuff I was doing with the NFL. And so now, today, you see us performing to um, Spirit Box. Mm-hmm. You see us performing to Rammstein, who I absolutely love. Um, we do Nine Inch Nails. We do um, Metallica. We do um, Suicidal Tendencies. Oh, that's we interesting. Do, yeah, yeah, we do Misfits. Okay. We do, um, Very I'm diverse. much more selfish now. Yeah. So what you see today, as far as Cherry Bombs goes, is much more of my personal... Does that music incentivize club. you at all to like continue in, on a personal level to curate music as far as learn all these new bands and figure out like, yeah, yeah this band would be really good. Because I'm always looking, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm always looking for something cool, something new. And I don't want to be stuck in the old, you know, glory days mm-hmm. of new metal in the 2000s. Like that's great. And that's nostalgia. And I do throw those in there. You mm-hmm. absolutely see that too, because there is a place for that. And we all love and enjoy that. But it, I think it's important to remain fresh and keep it changing. So that's why I threw Spearbox in there. Um, you know, I'm always looking for new bands with cool, interesting songs that have a lot of texture in them, because that's kind of where I start. And groove, I imagine and groove's groove. Groove is a big one. Yep, yeah. a nice pushing groove. Um, 
And it's just important to to get into a new thing where the audience is going to go, I love this song. This is great. Yeah. Or I remember the song and this takes me back to here. Right. So it's kind of the best balance. of yeah. playlist. It's like a DJ where you play a lot of these exactly. underground, you know, let's just throw out house because we talked about house. You throw yeah. a bunch of underground house tracks, but then you throw in a remix of a top 40 exactly. tune because it gets the crowd back exactly. into it. Exactly. You guys know I got to say something about this. Ryan used to be a DJ. Oh, cool. Okay, so then, yeah. I still am, but Ryan. Yeah, so you know exactly. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah. What this, how this goes. <laughs> yeah. Ryan was a great DJ. Because mediocre. mediocre. Were you a great DJ? Were uh, you a mediocre. house DJ? Actually, my third gig ever was here. I actually okay. closed out a festival at the Agora. What kind of music? Three to four a.m. Uh, EDM. Yeah, it was like at the time that was 2014. So that was it was like big room house. The yeah, whole yeah. Steve Aoki kind of thing. The Steve Aoki days. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And then I transitioned to like dubstep and trap and, and like real like heavy world. bass kind of stuff. Love it. Eventually, it was like, all right, I want to play an instrument again, so I joined a band. Love it. Well, that's what that genre is. Why I love the Prodigy so much. Yes. Yeah, and I actually use them in this show. Okay. Um, because they were my they are my all time favorite band. I'm probably. very sad every time I hear them because I was supposed to see them at Sonic Temple, mm. and mm -hmm. I think it was like a couple of nights before that mm -hmm. happened. Same thing happened with uh, um, uh, Soundgarden and Chris Cornell. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, am I bad luck? Is do I need to stop You're, going to shows? Go to like shows <laughs> seriously? Why are you here? Yeah, yeah. I'm today. sorry. Be careful walking <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I no, uh, yeah. No, that that sucks. The same thing, man. I was supposed to go see the Prodigy in Dallas. I'd never seen them live before. We had tickets to go, and that happened, mm -hmm. and it just sucked. But I did get to see them in Newcastle. Oh, wow. In June. Okay. Uh, obviously, you know, right. moving on without Keith, and uh, it was beautiful. Uh, their tribute was really cool. I was always wondering. I was kind of like, how are they going to do this? Is yeah. there going to be like a hologram? Is there going to be a vocal track? Um, they didn't really play any songs with his vocals on it too much but that's like some of the some. most known stuff has his vocals on i know it. so, so yeah. they played firestarter okay and when they played firestarter they had this awesome like laser effect that came out and projected across the whole venue of keith doing the firestarter moves like from the video and stuff so he was, cool. it, but it was like all green lasers of him like a silhouette of him oh my god i was bawling like a baby it was hmm really cool it was a cool way to like yeah 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 for a memorial so i want to ask you about this uh I, jogging my memory you had a show and i, I want to say maybe it was nashville uh somewhere where you weren't allowed to wear your normal outfit there was a there's a law against showing too much the vortex was that what it's called? It's called the Vortex. The Vortex. Yeah, that was Nashville. Uh, yeah, we went in to, to perform there, and the venue manager pulls me aside, and she goes, hey, have you heard about our nudity laws? And I was like, nudity laws? Well, we don't, we're not nude, so we're good. Yeah. And she was like, well, you can't show certain body parts. And I was like, well, like what? And she said, the Vortex. And I was like, what the fuck is a Vortex? And she goes, well, it's the part. You know where your butt cheeks meet Anatomy your thighs. Anatomy 101. Here we go. Anatomy 101 <laughs> yes. is where your butt cheeks meet your thighs. So the top of your leg, the bottom of your butt. Okay. Ish. Sure. Essentially. And everything kind of in between. No booty shorts. So no booty shorts, no briefs. Yeah. And she says, you can't wear nude fishnets. That won't work underneath it. Nude tights won't work underneath it. You have to cover that 
crevice. And this crease. is Nashville. This isn't, Nashville, you know, Alabama. You have, like bachelorette parties left yeah, and right. That's okay? what I'm, right. With drunk chicks, you know, who knows what's hanging out. I've seen them. Mm-hmm. But okay. So I said, oh my God. She goes, you guys all have to uh, change your wardrobe. And so I brought all the girls into the, the dressing room and I said, who here has exercise bike shorts? And they said, all of me, everybody had them but me. And uh, so I said, put them on underneath everything. And we wear like what I would uh, say is equivalent to like a bikini bottom, yeah. like a bikini briefs, right? They're cheeky. They're not like full on granny panties, but they're not thongs either. <laughs> so um, they're like the in-between. And yeah. so they were like, okay. And we looked like my little seven-year-old when she did her dance recital. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we looked like. Yeah. And Is it weird to be? Because you're used to a certain uniform or outfit. You, it had to be sounded strange. I mean, I mean, we just yeah dealt with it. Yeah. yeah, it was stupid. And I got on the microphone. Don't ever give me a microphone. Mm-hmm. You have one now. <laughs> yeah, you have one now. But don't ever give me a microphone if I'm pissed off about something and yeah. you don't want me to put you on blast because I absolutely because well, you did on social media because that's why I remember. I did it. on social media and I did it to the audience when I said thank you, good night. I said in case any of you were wondering, I had to wear my husband's boxer briefs underneath everything, his Under Armour underwear. Sure. Um. And I said, in case any of you are wondering why I'm wearing my husband's underwear on stage tonight, it's because of this. And I, I laid it clean. all out on the microphone. And everybody in the audience was like, wide-eyed. Had no, had, they had no idea. Yeah, well, that's not something anybody that's knows. That's common knowledge, no. no. And it's, it, it, they're called a blue state law. And the deal is, and I think it's the Liquor Commission. So you're not allowed to show these particular body parts mm-hmm. on women, specifically, in an establishment that sells liquor. So I could go up there with a speedo and be fine. You could, yes. And yeah. the guys no one to see in the that, band but that we were opening for, Corey's band, were wearing muscle shirts with her nipples out, and that's okay. But we can't show. They said side boob, which we don't anyway. But that was a thing. Okay, side boob and the vortex, and under cleavage, under boob cleavage, which we don't show that either. Right. So that was fine. But still, but you know, the guys are fine. Um, so yeah, I think it was just some old. Old man. And this is the only place yeah. that you ever had to deal with this. The only place I've ever had to deal with Which it. should make you think, Nashville and Tennessee and whoever, fix your shit. Because no yeah. one else is dealing with this, you know? Yeah. I would yeah. absolutely love to help the bur- the burlesque community down <laughs> there. Because I know they're fighting it. I've seen their outfits. They're, they're trying to find every loophole they can with their outfits. They yeah. turn their underwear upside down to cover those bottom butt cheeks. And it's, I mean, it's bizarre. So you guys have done a fair amount of music videos, too. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite that you've performed in? Is there any coming up that you'd like to well, none you know, on the, probably can't None share. on the books right now. Um, one of my favorite ones, honestly, was either the Mastodon music video that I did. Okay. Um, me, personally. Um, I know we've also done... Um, obviously with Corey Taylor, that was always really fun because I just love working with my husband. Um, mm, the Judas one by Fozzie was probably, it's probably the biggest one that I've done. Okay. It had, it's, I think it's, I don't know how and many you also did one with 21 Savage, right? Yeah, we did a 21 Which Savage is so one out for of... the Saw movie. Oh. So that's what it was for. So the Saw, Lionsgate Films. Yeah, yeah. 
in the Saw movie was filming a music video in Las Vegas at the Saw Escape Room, which, by the way, if you ever go to Vegas and you want to check out a really cool escape room and you're a fan of horror movies, mm-hmm. go to the Saw one. It is a blast. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's so good. That's cool. We, they, were sh- they were shooting it there, and they needed angle grinder performers because Saw, right? And they were like, it's a music video for 21 Savage. I'm like, cool. Whatever. That's fine. And we did the thing, and it, it was really, really rad. Yeah. So that was for the Saw 4? I don't Saw know. There's four. like five million spiral. saws for a spiral. Okay, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah, that was um, super fun. So we did that, and and that was a really cool music video too. How long have you been in Vegas for? I moved there in 2017. So a while. Does it? Does it? Listen, we all loved us non. What is it? Vague, vague night. Vague, vague. I don't even know what you would call that. Uh, yeah. Vague. I'm gonna vague, go vague night. That vague-a-night? sounds cool. That sounds like a veg. Vegetarian. Oh, like a, maybe not. A, a vegan. A v- For not, it's not LVs. How about that? The LVs. LVs. Yeah, I like yeah. That. yeah. That's oh, cool. Damn it. I can go. Is with it? That. Do you? Do, it loses its its luster quick, or, or it, I mean, you're not going out all the time to casinos and to shows and all that, right? No, I'm. Anybody in my group will tell you I'm like a 70 year old woman trapped <laughs> in a 37 year old's body. Um, you homebody when you're not. I'm a homebody. Yeah. I'm in bed when I'm home with the, you know we got the kid. I'm in bed by nine. Mm-hmm. We both are. We tuck the kid in at eight thirty. Read her a story. Go, we're in bed by nine. How old I'm is she? Seven. Okay. Oh, she's about to be eight. I have a three year old daughter. So any tips? Uh, three is when they start really developing an opinion. On things, oh, yeah. I would say. Oh, yeah. Uh, the sassiness starts coming She's out around not three. Even, it's just mean now. She's wagging yeah, her finger at me. Four, and yeah, like, three yeah, and four like, is a little tough. Where'd you learn this? <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's when I noticed it too, is three and four. Um, five is really fun. Five, five was fun. so much fun, right. I would say. So I got two years. Two years <laughs> of like, you know. She's just, fun now, don't get really, me wrong. Yeah, just really pounding in the respect, you know, mm-hmm. and and just that's when we started introducing like chores and like, you know, we had a star chart for like being a good listener. Yes. Like, so that gave her incentive to like want to, that really helped, a star chart. I got my three-year-old memorized almost every lyric from Spirit Box's last album. Oh, wow. So, yes. Okay, you're doing it. You're fine. Oh, yeah. You don't need my so help. So it's either, the car is either Encanto or Spirit Box. Encanto, <laughs> yes. I mean, the Pressure song, it's oh either that or yes. Bruno or... And then you're like, you're like, it's so horrible, but then you find yourself singing along to it with the them and you're like... All the time. What is? Peppa Pig. We're beyond that Peppa now. It was Peppa well, my girlfriend's got a seven-year-old son, and uh, we've been dating for a hot minute now, so I know all about the kids' stuff. Yep. Bed at nine, up at yep. seven, eight. Oh, but yeah. they got the weird things that they watch. Like right now, for him, it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's a okay. you know, boy. Cool. Yours is... Yeah. No, that's cool. So I don't know if they, like, what does she watch? She watch, like, TV stuff? Uh, these days, she's <laughs> in her she's in her, her, her horse era, like her horse oh, phase. Oh, yeah. So... She, oh, every day. Can I have a horse? You guys going to buy one? Can I have a horse? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Take it to the supermarket. Yeah. What, I was like, baby, where are we going to put it? I don't know. In the backyard? <laughs> no. It's probably yeah. got no grass back there. Do you guys There's, have grass? Yeah, we have turf in Vegas. We don't have So grass. it's not like it can eat it or it nothing. It can't even eat it. It's plastic. <laughs> so I don't know what this horse is going to eat. So um, no, she's been she's in that in that phase right now. She's been watching her her latest thing. She bounces around a lot. It's been this zombies series. 
don't know if you've seen the zombies. Is thing. it like on like on YouTube? It's or on something? Disney Plus. Um, oh, I don't know if I've seen that. Yeah, and Kanto is always a winner. Man, yeah. did you ever see um, Onward? Yeah, oh. we just do, we just watched that like a month or two ago, and it was really good. Brutal. And he, like those types of movies on, on there, man, they they really like will mess with you even as like an adult over right? you know I'm thirty like, I can't plus. Watch like this with the hell, I'm like, like I'm I look away. Damn. Oh yeah. yeah. Howard's got some like rock stuff in there too, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, the one that that my daughter's addicted to right now is called Luck. It's on okay. Apple TV. I don't know if cool. you have Apple TV, but yeah. it's Luck is it's, cute. Yeah, cool. it's really, really good. Really well okay. done. Yeah. She was watching. Have you seen the Bear Bears? Mm-mm. <sighs> and it was actually really funny. Yeah. Like super witty. Okay. Yeah. And then the Barbie one. The- Barbie. Not the Barbie one, obviously. Bear Bears. That one also has some really good humor in it. Like, there's some, like, you know how they, like, they slide gotta, things yeah, in? Yeah, they gotta do that. And you're, yeah, exactly. And you're, and you're as adults, you're like, <laughs> and they yeah. have no idea. I also got her into Pokemon. Oh, yeah? So, like, they have the, the 90s Pokemon episodes on Netflix. So, yeah, that's one of the cool things about kids is, like, you can kind of relive things through them yes. selfishly. So, I showed her Sailor Moon. Oh my goodness! Because I was massively into Sailor Moon, and she loves. Until Sailor they, Moon. I feel like at a certain age they're gonna be like, "No, mom, that's dumb." Yeah, yeah, they will. Right. I showed her Princess Bride. Okay. Okay, that yeah. one went over really well. But then we tried to show her what was it, and she just wasn't really into it. Something her dad wanted her to see. I can't remember what it was, but it d- it didn't land. Yeah, didn't land. So we showed. You're it gonna off. have that. Yeah. Yeah. But do, do you know? So now you're with your kids. Do they like to watch movies over and over and over again? So many times. Okay. Yeah. It's obnoxious. I'm like, as adults, we're like, <laughs> why would I want to do that? that yeah. Sounds I remember terrible. what happens. Like, right. Like. Yeah, no, but she not only watches them over and over, but like the second or third time, it's like she's reciting every single word. Yeah. I'm like. I hope this isn't making your brain mush. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and the iPads. Like, yes. we really had to work on limiting iPad time. Well, we because... just got her the kids' Kindle or, or the kids' Amazon, uh-huh. five, whatever yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. The, yeah. yeah, and there are, you know, she's three, so she's smart, but she doesn't know how to do games yet as far right. as, like, okay. moving things around. And so she just gets frustrated, and I'm yeah. not going to sit there for two hours and play the game for her. Yeah. So it gets to the point where it's a lose-lose situation. We can click on Cocoa Melon, or we can throw, right. put, put the tablet away, and either one of those is a screaming match. There is a really cool app. Um, I don't know if you can get it on the Amazon one, but you can get it on an Apple iPad. Um, it's made by Toka Boca. If you, if you, Toka Boca. Toka Boca. It's a good thing I have this on recording because I'm not going to remember that. Yeah, Toka Boca. <laughs> makes easy games for really young kids that they can just click on things and it does stuff. We're doing our first road trip cool. uh, in two months with her. She I mean, she's been in the car for like an hour tops, but we're talking like five hours at a oh, time because wow. we're okay. going to stop midway. But uh, that's why we got her this tablet. Yeah. And I'm hoping that we can get enough apps and things in there where it's a smooth drive because she is so, yeah. Oh, so oh, sleep. for sure. Yeah, that's smart. Although she's also a finicky sleeper and won't sleep anywhere but her. Birth. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's a, a unique. Yeah. In the best way possible. Have you tried? And people may feel one type of way about this or another, but um, we give um, my daughter um, sleep. We call them sleep chocolates. They're melatonin chocolates for kids. Oh. 
Interesting. And it really because I take melatonin and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and so they've they've lowered the dose right. real low for kids. You know, and they say on their ages, blah 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 blah. Give one or oh, no. yeah, and it hmm. helps her just get to sleep deeper because she's she's also a sleepwalker. Oh my! Terrifying. That's by got, the way, so little girls horror movies. Oh yeah, that's yeah. where my brain goes to. I'm like, like creak the door. Us? <laughs> like yeah. And then just like turn, oh, yeah, yeah, and then turns the head. Hi, when mommy. She talks. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> it's terrifying. That's scary. It is creepy. I, I don't hear know how I'd sleep. Steps down the hall, like dunk, 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 and I'm like, oh god. And, the and you're never opens. supposed to wake them up. When you're never supposed to yeah. wake them up. She came in my bed one night. And she's like, she calls me Mimi. Mimi, um, I have to go to the bathroom. And I said, okay. Well, do you want to use mine? No, and then she just laid down next to me, and I was like, "Okay, she's because their eyes fl- flutter." Oh, that's like, worse, flutter. yeah. And I was like, "Okay," so I picked her up and I carried her back to her bed, laid her back down, and uh-huh. she was just out. Man, didn't even. Oh my god, that's so scary. When did she start that? Yeah, ever since I've met her, um, since she was three. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, I'm nervous. And now. she did it. She did it as recently as last month to me. Oh my god! So, so it's not like super common. It's it, it's tapered off as she's gotten That's older. Good. It's fewer fewer and further between. And another thing that helped is like when I first met her, you know, she was sleeping with a TV in her room, and I'm not. A, mm. I was like, no, we got to get rid of that. Yeah. Like I I know this is not she's not technically mine, but like I'm telling you, yeah, we got to get rid of the no, TV. No, you got to say those things. Yeah, blue light. Come on, yeah. like so. Then we introduced a. Um, White noise machine, you know, to help That's, her sleep. We've had one of those, yeah. A miracle. Oh, it's that amazing. Thing is we do that amazing. in a fan, and it's like, yeah. But what's yeah. wild is she's such a light sleeper, my daughter, that our house is like over 100 years old. Okay, so, you, so it creaks. Yeah, it creaks. It's actually not haunted. Oh. But I can tell. I don't hear her go somewhere, and you can just tell instantly yeah. that something is yeah. haunted. I don't know if you believe in ghosts or whatever. Yeah. You can get oh, an yeah. aura of, of things. And yeah. I believe it. This, oh, Look for at sure. Uh, yeah. Um, but there could be fireworks going off. There could be thunderstorms rolling in, and she's out, and she sleeps through the night. I got to get up to go to the bathroom. She's Creak. Out. She wakes up, starts fussing, rolls around. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what, what in the world? You know, it's, it's yeah. 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 So maybe that melatonin's a good idea. Maybe, yeah, knock her out. <laughs> well, we're running against the time here, but uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah. This has been a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Is there anything you wanted to plug or tell anybody about before we wrap it up? I mean, we're on this tour for another month, so Come I don't out. know when this comes out. But um, Oh, this weekend. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, you can check dates on our website, www.cherrybombs.co, C-O. Um, or on the socials on Instagram and Facebook, we're at at Cherry Bombs Official. On the Twitter, I think we're at Cherry Bombs Rock. And, um, you know, all of our show dates are there, anything we get booked. So, not only are we going to be here um, doing this tour, but we're also going to be heading over to the UK as well at the same time as this tour. So, mm-hmm. I have two groups going simultaneously. Um, that'll happen. And we've got some really cool things drumming up for 2023 that I'm really excited to share soon. I can't so. wait to hear about them. Yeah, it'll be cool. All right. Thank thanks you. so much. Thank you. There we go. Some good content for everybody on this, uh, what, Friday afternoon, September 23rd. That's when I'm uploading. But uh, yeah, hey, we got some great interviews. Um, We've got another pretty busy schedule for October as well. So keep in tune with the All Things Music Podcast. Please like us on socials. Anywhere you just type in All Things Music Podcast, we will show up. Same with uh, where you can stream us, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you can get podcasts. Please rate us five stars. Please follow, subscribe, all the cool things that cool people do. Uh, Other than that, thanks for listening, and uh, until the next one, 
Whereas.